With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void or prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Dream Shakes, the Dream Take podcast, the number one podcast for SB Nation's the Dream Shake. My name is Michael the Hebrew Hammer Brown, and I'm flying Han Solo this evening on the Facebook page for the mothership, the Dream Shake. The Rockets win! How freaking awesome is that? I will be honest with y'all that I spent the majority of the game this evening watching the NFL draft and out at a dinner with my wonderful girlfriend, Mary Elizabeth. However, I am now fully caught up on the game, and I'm here to talk all things Houston Rockets for uh, against the Milwaukee Bucks. Because in all honesty tonight, guys, it was awesome. The Rockets won a game. You know, the Rockets still have the worst record in the league by three games. So it's not like tonight they ended up, you know, falling more out of position to get the number one pick. Jake, yes, we did win, my man. We absolutely did win. It's awesome uh, that we won. So thank you so much uh, for joining this episode. If you guys are coming in, throw a comment or two or 10 or 12 down and let's talk some Rockets basketball. Let's get to the uh, box score for this evening. The Houston Rockets win 143 to 136. Um, it is important to note that for the Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis Adetokounmpo did get hurt in the second minute of the game with an ankle injury after rolling the ankle against uh, Kelly Olynyk. He stepped on his foot. Uh, so Milwaukee's Adetokounmpo did not play a vast majority of the game. Uh, Drew Holiday had a great game, 29 points, 10 assists. Chris Middleton had 33 points. Um... What do you have? You had 33 points and uh, four rebounds. Brooke Lopez had 15 and four. Dante DiVincenzo had three. Uh, Bryn Forbes had 30 points tonight on a ridiculous 11 of 17 from the field and six of 10 uh, from three. Uh, Pat Connaughton had three points. Bobby Portis had 10 points and 11 rebounds for with a really nice double-double uh, for them. From the field, the Bucks shot 53%. From the field, 41% from three. Uh, they did have 14 turnovers, 27 assists, 38 rebounds. Let's get to the Rockets part of uh, tonight. Kevin Porter Jr. went 
freaking bananas tonight. I mean, there wasn't a – he put up 50 points. He put up 50 points. And for people that want to look at this Rockets win and they want to look at the fact that, you know, they're going to say, well, Giannis didn't play. Well, okay, uh, looking at the Rockets box score, DJ Augustin didn't play. Daniel House didn't play. Eric Gordon didn't play. John Wall didn't play. So, yeah, you can say that for Milwaukee, you know, Giannis didn't play, but they still had Chris Middleton. They still had uh, uh, Drew Holiday. I mean, those are still two elite-level NBA basketball players. The Rockets tonight got 50 points from Kevin Porter Jr. I mean, that's incredible. Like that, that, I mean, that's he had 50 points. He also had 11 assists. The Rockets scored 143 points tonight. This is a marquee win for the Rockets. With 11 games left in the season, this is a, a game that you look at and you say, that's an awesome win. You know, at home, just a great, great win for the Rockets on their home court tonight. 50 points, 5 rebounds, 11 of 6, or excuse me, 11 assists. He had was 16 of 26 from the field, including a ridiculous 9 of 15 from the three-point line. And that's what we've been clamoring, not only from him, but for, from other guys. Jay Sean Tate had a good night shooting the ball from the three-point line. He was 2 of 3. Kelly Olynyk was 3 of 5. Christian Wood was 6 of 10 from the three-point line. Uh, we're going to get to some of the comments left uh, in the comment section here in a minute or two. Just, you know, let's break down the rest of this box score. Uh, Christian Wood, 31 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists, 10 of 21 from the field. Kelly Olynyk had 24 points and 13 rebounds and four assists, nine of 17 from the field. Did a great job tonight. Those three guys, and then Jay Sean Tate, you know, came in with uh, 12 points, six rebounds, three assists. Armani Brooks had six points. He was two of four from the three-point line. Uh, DJ Wilson had 15 points, 12 rebounds, five of 11 from the field. KJ Martin pitched in with five rebounds. This win was a team win. You know, when you look at the fact that they shot 54% from the three-point line, which is a ridiculous number, you know, you look at the Rockets from the three-point line, 25 threes. They scored 75 points from the three-point line compared to uh, only 16 uh, threes for the Milwaukee Bucks. So that's they outscored the Bucks from the three-point line by 27 points, if I have my math correct. That's where you're going to win the game. The Rockets did have 18 turnovers tonight. They did dominate on the glass against the Bucs, which is a little surprising. Uh, just a little bit, though. Uh, the fact that the uh, Bucs did not have Giannis. This is probably a really different game with Giannis, obviously. Uh, but I think it's, a, it's unfair to take away from the fact that the Rockets won this game because they didn't have their guys. Like we talked about at the, at the top of the show, the fact that they didn't have Eric Gordon, they didn't have John Wall, uh, they didn't have DJ Augustine. Uh, so, yes, the Bucs were missing their guy, but the Rockets were missing some of their guys um, as well. Uh, let's get to some of the comments here uh, from Adelio. Hopefully I, I announced, or I said that right. Uh, yes, been waiting for this win. KPJ was awesome. Yeah, man, look, Kevin Porter Jr., we all know, that this kid's got superstar written all over him, okay? We all know the guy that he's going to be 
compare it to for the rest of the season and beyond. And that's James Harden. And is it fair to compare him to James Harden? No, it's not fair to compare a guy that is one of, in my opinion, he's definitely one of the 50 greatest players of all time in James Harden. I think he's more of like a top 35 type of guy. The way that he has dominated this the game of basketball in his era is nothing short of spectacular and amazing. I mean, it was amazing. Jay Sean Tate is going to be compared to him for a couple reasons. Number one, he's left-handed. Number two, he took over as the superstar for the franchise that James Harden left. You also got to think about this. If you're a Rockets fan, the fact that the Houston Rockets got Kevin Porter Jr. from the Cleveland Cavaliers for nothing. I mean, for nothing. I think they got him for a second-round pick. The, the reason that the Cavaliers gave up on him was because he's a knucklehead. He's got some, he's got some things he's got to work on. He's only 20 years old. Anybody listening to this show right now live on Facebook or, you know, tomorrow via, you know, whatever app you use to listen to podcasts, the fact that he's – you, you're lying to yourself if you look at a guy like Kevin Porter Jr. and you're like, oh, I, I wasn't a knucklehead when I was 20. We were all knuckleheads when we were 20 years old. This is a guy that is in the NBA playing the game at an extremely high level, okay? Uh, Ricardo Alfaro makes a phenomenal point and says – how about KPJ doing this against one of the best defenders in the league and Drew Holiday? I mean, yes. Yeah. I mean, Ricardo, I, I couldn't put that, you know, better myself, even if I wanted to. You know, he did this against the guy who is one of the better guard defenders in the league and Drew Holiday. There are not many people on this planet that can put up uh, 50 points, five rebounds, 11 assists, uh, against the Bucks, You know, the Rockets also played against our, our old friend, P.J. Tucker, who had six points and six rebounds tonight. He had six points in a game, you know, for the Bucks, which is six more points than he had in, you know, nearly every game that he played for the Rockets this season. So Mazel Tov, our Mazel Tov of the night goes to P.J. Tucker. Six points, six more than he had for nearly every game that he played as a Rocket, because most nights he stepped on the court, he was a zero on the offensive end of the court. Um, so it was nice to see the Bucs get some offensive production from P.J. Tucker. Um, but the fact that the Rockets were able to do what they did against the likes of Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez and P.J. Tucker and Bobby Portis, all of these guys are, and Bryn Forbes, who had 30 points tonight, who's a nice shooting guard for the Bucs, it's a testament to the fact that this team, this Rockets team just does not give up. They, they just don't. They're, they fight. Are they the worst team in the league? Right now, this version of the Rockets, yes, you could argue is the worst team in the league. But I'm going to talk about it in a few minutes since we're, we're winding up the show here, here on a Thursday night. I want to kind of outline where I see the rest of this season going and why the Rockets are definitively not the worst team in the league. So be you know stay tuned for that. Uh, finishing up the comments, Jake says, how about the three big men lineup? We were told when we released Cousins that they were going to go small. Yeah, I mean, look, you go with a, a combination of DJ Wilson, Kelly Olenek, and Christian Wood. Uh, look, I like DJ Wilson. I, I, I told you guys back when the Rockets acquired DJ Wilson that he was the perfect type of guy for this Rockets team. Six foot ten, he's cheap, and he plays his heart out. I mean, he does everything that you want him to 
to do while he's on the court. Does he do anything great? No. I think he's got a I think he's got a an average mid-range game. I think he can knock down the three-point shot as you guys saw tonight. He was 3 of 5 from the three-point line. Uh he had 12 rebounds. So the Rockets moving forward depending on how this summer goes, the Rockets in if things go right, i.e. getting the number one pick in the draft, they're going to need to have a guy like DJ Wilson on this roster just to be a backup power forward. You know, the, a backup power, you know, he he's getting good minutes here. He played 25 minutes tonight. He's playing more minutes here than he played in Milwaukee. And as Ricardo says, it seems like DJ Wilson took this game a little personal and wanted to show what the Bucks are missing out on. Oh my God. I mean, absolutely. Like, that is so underrated, I feel like, in sports. When a team trades away a guy, when they play that team, they, they want to go after him. They want to show them, look, look what you're missing out on, y'all. Like, you know, I'm here to ball. I'm here to play. Uh, so great point by you, Ricardo. Ryan Santoro, uh, always good to hear from you, my man. Uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. I can't see it if I'm happy or upset with this win tonight. Be happy for this win tonight, Ryan. If... If this loss would have catapulted the Rockets, let's say this was the last game of the year and they would have moved from the, uh, you know, worst record in the league to the second worst league, you know, record in the league, then yeah, that, that loss would have stung as a Rockets fan. But the fact is, is that the second worst team right now has 19 wins in the league. The Rockets only have 16. So if you look at the Rockets remaining schedule, they will not win more than three games. I don't think. Um, now, uh, Renee Brown, my, my, my wonderful mother has joined the show. Hello, darling. Um, so you look at the remaining schedule for the Rockets. I don't feel like they're going, they're going to end the year with the worst record in the league. I feel like, and at the very end of the show, after I give you guys my plan for this summer and how I feel like the Rockets can become a top six team in the West next season. Yes. I said next season. Um, we'll go over the remaining schedule and the Rockets, the other teams in front of them, I feel like it's Detroit and Minnesota are the two teams that are right behind them in the worst record in the league uh, standings. They would have to lose all of their games, which I don't feel like they're going to do because it's more than 10 games. And the Rockets would have to win more than four in order to drop down. So, Ryan, to answer your question, first of all, thank you so much for the kind words. Uh, it means a lot. We're, uh, we're dedicated here at the Dream Tag. We want to come you know, live video with you guys after every single game and let you guys uh, do some good back and forth, you know, either with myself or Jeremy or Ray after a Rockets game and obviously after a Rockets win. Um, Mitchell Croft says, hopefully the Rockets can trade John Wall during the offseason. Look, man, uh, John Wall, first of all, I give John Wall all the credit in the world. He very easily, when the, the, the James Harden trade happened, he could have shut it down. He could have, you know, said, look, my knee's hurting. Uh, I really don't want to play. The Rockets were shutting him down already on back-to-backs because of the injuries that he suffered the past two years. But I give John Wall all the credit in the world for at least giving it a go with the Rockets. Even when they were the worst team in the league, he was still going out there. He was still busting his butt, you know, doing whatever he could do to help the Rockets win. And those types of guys in the league are few and far between, I feel like. You know, there are guys that take games off. Kawhi Leonard is notorious for load management. Um, this year, James Harden is doing it. Yeah, he's hurt, but you also can't convince me that he's not taking some of these games off 
because the team wants to keep him as fresh for the playoffs as possible. I don't blame them. Kevin Durant does the same thing. Um, there are guys all across the league that sit down for load management. Paul George does that with the Clippers. John Wall at least sh outwardly shows that he wants to play as many games as possible. With all that being said, a game like tonight, and you, I don't want to be guy who goes you know, so far out with his opinion based on one game, but Kevin Porter Jr. has showed me and the, the Rockets fan base enough that he should be given the keys to the kingdom next season. Now, how does that affect, how does that mindset, uh, you know, alter if the Rockets get the number one pick in Cade Cunningham? The question is, can Cade Cunningham, um, Kevin Porter Jr., and Christian Wood all coexist on a team? Give me a few minutes and we're going to go over why I think it will work. Uh, Jake says, when we traded Wilson, you're the one of few people who are, who is excited to see what he could do. Yeah, because this is, I mean, this is the absolute perfect situation for, uh, going back to what we talked about a few minutes ago, DJ Wilson is in the best possible position for DJ Wilson. I think it's different for a guy, uh, like Mason Jones. I feel like Mason Jones early in the year was in a good situation for the Rockets with the Rockets, because if he showed out, if he balled out, he was going to continue to get those minutes. It's a lot easier to replace a guy like Mason Jones than it is to replace a guy like DJ Wilson. You can find guys who are 6'2 to 6'5. I'll get, you know, a guy like Armani Brooks. Armani Brooks is a clear upgrade over Mason Jones at this point. It's not easy for a team like the Rockets to go find a guy like DJ Wilson just hanging out on the street, you know, or playing in the G League. Guys like DJ Wilson, who are 6'10, who's got some game, it's not easy to just sign those type of guys to get onto uh, your. Uh, roster. Mitchell Croft comes back and says, uh, Kevin Porter Jr. plays a lot better when Wall doesn't play. Uh, I completely agree. And it's because that ball, you know, that ball dominant guard in John Wall is not there. You know, so it opens up a lot more, um, you know, playmaking ability for Kevin Porter Jr. Look at tonight. I mean, the 50 points is fantastic, but the 11 assists, the five rebounds, you know, it's been a while since we've seen that type of stat line from a guy on the Rockets and his name was James Harden. Um, Jake, there was a problem with our locker room upload earlier done by, uh, Jeremy Brenner. So that's why we are live here on Facebook. Um, let's see. Ryan says to answer your question, Wall, KPJ and Cunningham could all fit on the floor, whether or not it's at the same time. Um, so looking at the grand, you know, the, the, the great landscape of this season, right? Rockets are the worst team in the league. The Rockets are not far off from being a top six team in the West next season. It starts with getting the number one pick. If the Rockets get the number one pick in Cade Cunningham, and if they get the number one pick, let me tell you this right now. I don't care if, it, if Kevin Porter Jr. is on the team. I don't care if Christian Wood's on the team, Jayshon Tate. It doesn't matter. You take Cade Cunningham. Cade Cunningham is the modern-day version of Magic Johnson. He's not as big as Magic Johnson, but the way he plays the game, the way he sees the floor, the way he has the ability to just take over any game that he's involved with, you take Cade Cunningham. You bring Cade Cunningham here. You don't get cute with the pick. You don't say, well, we have Kevin Porter Jr. How are those two guys going to coexist? They will figure it out. If, Kevin, if uh, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant can figure it out in Brooklyn, and that remains to be seen as well, you figure it out. 
you know, when Kevin Durant went to Golden State, you know, the in the weakest move in the history of the NBA, the biggest gravy training move in the history of the NBA was when Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant's Oklahoma City Thunder had the Warriors down three games to one. His team blows the lead to the to the Warriors, and then Kevin Durant goes and joins the, the Golden State Warriors. That is the weakest move in the history of the NBA. Nobody will ever be able to convince me otherwise that that was the not, not the biggest, just gravy training move, and it ruined the league. It, it did. In the time that Kevin Durant was with the Warriors, it, it ruined the league for a lot of people. And, it's, and, and some people would argue that they still have not recovered. The league hasn't from that move from Kevin Durant. But you take Cade Cunningham, right? You look at a you look at a talent pool of the Rockets next season that could include Jay Sean Tate. Um or let's start at the let's start at the guard position. Kevin Porter Jr., uh Cade Cunningham, Jay Sean Tate. If you re-sign Kelly Olinick, you still have Christian Wood, you still have Daniel House, you still have Eric Gordon, you still have DJ Augustine. Like, that's a nice team. The Rockets also have two more uh, first-round picks later in that first round. Can they get – let's say they do draft Cade Cunningham. Do, can they get a big guy, you know, later in the first round that can come in and give you legitimate minutes, you know, either as the starting uh, – you know, the, the second starting big man, you know, from, uh, you know, alongside of – Christian Wood if you're not able to re-sign Kelly Olynyk, But the, the talent that I just laid out, that team is good enough to compete for a playoff spot next season. Ryan asked, what about Dante Exum? Dante Exum will never play a game for the Rockets. The Rockets will get rid of him this offseason. See it. You know, would, wouldn't want to be it. Uh, Ricardo says, we also have to include the fact that we still have a lot of valuable guys out of the lineup. Gordon, House, Nawaba, and Brown this time, you know, will be nice next year fully healthy. The problem there, Ricardo, is David Nwaba and Sterling Brown are both on one-year contracts. I would love to bring back a guy like Sterling Brown. Sterling Brown and David Nwaba, I feel like, would be valuable assets to this team. I think that they're going to ring chase next year. I feel like that they're going to want to go to a team, you know, like the Clippers or like the Nuggets or like the, uh, you know, somewhere that you know the Brooklyn Nets, you know, somewhere that they can latch on you know, get, you know, still a similar amount of minutes like the the Rockets are giving them now, but compete for a championship. Um, so with all that being said, we're going to go ahead and wrap the show up as it is almost midnight central time. It's been an absolute pleasure being with all of you guys tonight. Thank you all so much for being a part of the show tonight. One last comment from uh, the Thunder from down, un- Thunder down under over yonder, Jake Mountford. Uh, KJ Martin has quietly been a great piece to this team. He loves watching him play. I do too. Um, I still feel like he's being played out of position. I feel like next season, if they can move him more towards, you know, guarding a wing position, whether that's the two or the three, I don't feel like his body type really, uh, allows him to play against a power forward. Uh, Ryan wants to know if Houston wants to bring in John Collins, how do they do it? And how does that work with Olenek? Ah. Uh, Look, man, uh, it's been a while since I've mentioned this uh, to any of our new fans listening. If the Rockets really wanted to have John Collins and Kelly Olynyk, they could do it. it. It's all up to Tillman Fertitta and Raphael Stone, I guess. But this is on Fertitta to how much talent he wants to put on the court. 
I mean, he's a guy that always wants to talk about making money and having the billion-dollar buyer uh, show on, uh, I believe it's uh, MSNBC. Well, that's all great. You gotta you gotta spend money to make money, and the fact that they were paying. Look at the look at the salary that he was uh, paying James Harden. It was going to be upwards of forty-two million dollars next season. That is now off of their books. Well, okay. So look at that. Look at that contract, right? You just say forty-two million dollars because the players that he acquired in the James Harden uh, trade were, was Victor Oladipo. They then turned Victor Oladipo into Kelly Olynyk uh, and Avery Bradley. And Kelly Olynyk comes off the books at the end of the year, and so does uh, Avery Bradley, uh, because the Rockets have a uh, team option on Avery Bradley, and they're gonna they're gonna decline that. They're not gonna pay him ten million dollars next year. Let's say John Collins. Let's say he commands a five-year, one hundred and twenty-five million dollar deal, which that's about right for John Collins, I believe. That's twenty-five million dollars a year. Do you really feel like Kelly Olynyk is worth seventeen million dollars a year? Because I don't. I think he's worth ten plus million dollars a year. So let's say the Rockets offered him a four-year, sixty million dollar contract. So you're going to pay him six. You know what is that? Four years? What did I say? What five years? Let's say they give him a a four-year, $60 million contract, right? What is that? That's $70 million. Okay, so four years, $70 million. That's $15 million a year, I think. I don't know, guys. It's late. Uh, let's see, 60 divided by four. Yeah, so 60 divided by four. So four-year, $60 million contract for Kelly Olenek. That's $15 million a year. So, which I think is the high side for Kelly Olenek. You give him $15 million a year, and you give John Collins $25 million a year, that's $40 million. So if you're Tillman Fertitta, and you were going to pay James Harden that money anyway, and he's no longer here, and if you can find a way to offload John Wall's contract if you get the number one pick in the draft in Cade Cunningham, and you can find somebody to take on that contract, and you can alleviate yourself of that $42 million that you have to pay John Wall, are you willing to do that? That's the major question. This entire year, every single person who listens to this show for the most part knows how much I was against the James Harden trade because I was. It's a fact. You can go back and listen to the shows where Jer- Jeremy Brenner and I broke down those trade, that trade in its in, in, in its entirety. I hated it. He loved it. Okay? There's nothing wrong. There's a lot of people that love the trade. I'm not one of those people. And for the, the simple fact is, that it screams uh, salary dump because Tillman looks at this team and he says, well, we're not going to compete anymore. You know, James Harden don't want to be here. Just trade him. I don't want to take on any more salary. At the end of this season, the Rockets will not have anybody under salary that they, players-wise, that they acquired in that James Harden trade. Tillman Fertitta and Raphael Stone have to prove to not only me, but the rest of you and all of Red Nation that they're willing to spend money on this roster and spend what it takes to put a winner on the floor. I feel like the ability is there for these guys to do that. I feel like if you go to John Collins and you offer him the ability, especially if you get the number one pick, the Rockets are going to be a team that players should want to come to. You go to John Collins, you offer him the five years, 125. You go to Kelly and say, look, you're going to be our starting power forward. You're going, your starting lineup next year, very easily, Ryan, could be, Cade Cunningham, Kevin Porter Jr., Jay Sean Tate, John Collins, and Christian Wood. Your bench could include Daniel House, Kelly Olynyk, DJ Wilson, DJ Augustine. Uh, you know, and you could have a guy like Armani Brooks, and you're going to have the guys that you're going to draft. 
the the floor plan is there for the front office and Tillman Fertitta to do it. And this is a, a PSA straight to the Rockets front office. Spend the money. This does not need to be a long rebuild if you don't want it to be a long rebuild. The Rockets are going to be back on the court this Saturday against the Golden State Warriors at 6.30. They're going to be here uh, inside of Toyota Center in Houston uh, to win their second game in a row with for you know what feels like for the first time all season. Um, so uh, we will be back here on Facebook. Early game on Saturday, so a 6.30 game. So make sure to come in, hang out with us. I should say come hang out with me Saturday night right after the Golden State game, right around, I would say, 9.30. Uh, um, Ryan, you can go ahead and message me anytime, man. I am literally uh, – I'll send you my number. We'll talk – we can talk Rockets basketball anytime, my man. Uh, the Rockets, like I said, back uh, Saturday night at 6.30. Uh, that will conclude this episode of SB Nation's The Dream Take Podcast, the number one podcast for SB Nation's. The Dream Shake. You can check out The Dream Take on Twitter at The Dream Take. Make sure to check out my personal Twitter at BSW Podcast underscore MB. Throw my uh, extremely talented co-pilot, uh, Mr. Jeremy Brenner, a follow on Twitter at J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-R-E-N-E-R. Once again, your very happy final from inside of Toyota Center, your America's Houston Rockets win 143 to 136 over the Milwaukee Bucks. Until next time, Rockets fans, go Rockets! Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.